0: And now, Detailing Success and PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia, Rennie Doyle.
1: What's up? My voice is still kind of gone.
0: <laughs> I, f- I figured as much.
1: I sound like a 90, 90 year old woman that lived in a trailer her entire life and smoked a pack of Marlboros every hour.
0: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I, 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 uh, I, can imagine you hanging out doing that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, not Marlboro's. You know, I've, you know what? I've never touched a cigarette to my lips. Closest thing I had is when we were little kids, I don't know if they had this because you're younger than me, is we had those, those little cigarette packs that you could blow the, the gum out and it'd blow dust out.
0: Oh, we had those. And, yeah. that, and that's, that's the closest I've ever come to.
1: Yeah, I just never, you know, I do enjoy a good cigar. But uh, I don't
0: think they let kids have those anymore either.
1: No, I don't, I don't. They don't let kids have a lot of cool shit. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that was cool or not, but it was back then. That is one thing I could probably say that, you know, my kids, you know, could do without, you know, there's a couple things. Methylate, Um, you know. Yeah, there are some things. leaded paint. You know, maybe that's the problem. I don't know. You know, this uh, this week, <laughs> I'm, you all know, the good mornings, man. Is this cool? Is this is cool or what? On the yep. spot, sounds like Ish uh, threw his back out, man. Pete's on the line. Um, man, that's sad. I'm sorry to read that, dude. That's, uh, I had to go to the doctor. But, you know, it happens. I had that happen uh, in 2000, oh, man, seven or eight. I was coming down off of a um, customer. They, they they raced cars and he had a dually he pulled a race car with big trailer. And I just came down off the tailgate. I was polishing the, the wind wing on the back, you know, that sent the, the what do they call it, the diffuser wing or something like that on those trucks and uh polished out it was all you know aluminum completely got done it came off the tailgate and just landed weird on my left side and completely throw threw my back out and it took me like a year and a half to get it back it was horrible it's horrible so i know where you're coming from
0: well but, we took off uh after we got married my wife and i we took off up the coast in my old 68 cougar and uh we got up to santa barbara and i got out of the car and collapsed on the sidewalk, and whatever it was, combination of whatever I was doing the day before, getting the car ready, and, wow. and sitting in those old bucket seats, um, I ended up with a, a sciatic nerve problem, and it knocked me out for a while. I spent my whole honeymoon not moving.
1: Oh boy, well that sure—that's no. that's the dead opposite of what do you want to do on your honeymoon? Just stay, <laughs> it, you know? Yeah, but Chris, I feel bad <clears throat> because I kept—I spent my whole time on oh, my whole honeymoon. Okay, truth be, I was gonna brag a little bit. Do you know what happened on our honeymoon? I don't know this is pretty personal. I don't know if I should tell it or not It's it's it's, it's, it's totally totally kid friendly. Uh, matter of fact, you could put it in a Disney movie. Um, we get up okay we, we got married, we went to Tahoe and then uh, my dad said that he would uh, he would take you know we were we, this is before we moved to Sun Valley, Idaho. We love Sun Valley, right So we decided he would he would he would rent the condo for us for our wedding gift for a week. So we get up there. Well, my brothers crashed our condo. I, I had my three brothers in the same condo as me, my entire damn honeymoon.
0: Well, that sucks,
1: but you know, we had a suite to ourselves, so to say, and honestly it was, you know, it was fun. We had a ball. Don't know if Diane would take and agree with that, but you know, <laughs> the people down below us were a, were a riot that we had fun in the condo below us or next to us um was right on the river i mean we we had a ball but yeah ours ours wasn't as planned either you know uh so we got to see and there's so many cool people saying hi hey tommy what's up dude um billy what's is billy on oh yeah billy's on what's up buddy good seeing you last week so we had so many speaking of cool people um mobile tech man off the rails um, you guys got to remember those that are coming the first, the first couple of years we were there. Uh, there was maybe, I think the first time four or five detailers got up to six and about eight and about a, it tapped out at about a dozen for a few years, a dozen. We had thousands there, you know, hundreds that are super hyper engaged. Um, it's, it's unbelievable what great, I mean, Kevin Halewood, which was put in the, uh, hall of fame, um, this last week for the Detailing Hall of Fame, um, which well deserved. Um, you know, he started that show, and it was mainly a PDR show, and and then it went over to you know clear bra, you know is what we called PPF back in the day, and uh, and and then it it started growing and growing and growing uh, with the detailers, but it was a real slow grow, and we had the same people there time and time again, and oh man, I'm telling you, man. My favorite show by far, I think. I think it's way, you know. SEMA, I love SEMA too, but for our specific industry, nothing compares to this now. I mean, nothing. Um, I've got some input. I wish they'd have two days of education, so that all the all the all, all the classes we miss on the first day, you can go to the second day.
0: You know, they, uh, that, that was a common thing. You know, I talked to a lot of people about that. They kind of feel the same way, but I, I get the feeling that MTE is not interested in making that change.
1: Yeah. You know? Well, they better listen because, you know, somebody will figure it out and start to show up that they do, you know, that's the way of it. So I don't know. Well, there's
0: Nothing, nothing to stop the IDA from having an education day on a second day. Yeah. You know? Right.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. or, you know, I don't know. We got, some, I got some ideas, so we'll we'll go from there and see what happens. So we hey, had look,
0: Barry Barry Thiel's on, Jason Bruno's on with all right us.
1: On. Look at that, and it's like a star-studded event today. <clears throat> so good. I'd love to, you know, get some input from these guys offline. Maybe I'll bring them on. Some of these names we're bringing up, bring them on offline, live. You know, on Facebook or something like that later in the week and into next week. Get their opinion on this topic because I think it's a really big topic. So, um, you know, it's really cool. So. But we, you know, last week we had a busy week. We flew out there Wednesday, got there Thursday, education day. Um, we spoke; um, It was just awesome. I, we I don't know about. I
0: don't know about we. You spoke.
1: I spoke, <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, the the show rolled into it on Friday. On Saturday, we gave our keynote on on uh, Friday. I was blown away. You know, I don't know, four hundred people. I don't, I don't know. Room was packed, standing room only, and it was just yep. a. The feedback i had at the last count i had about 200 people approach me on on saturday and uh sunday uh, or saturday sunday too because we had an event on sunday the mafia we had our our annual um, mobile tech meeting down there we had oh man some we have some great presenters down there i mean just michael hill blows your blows our mind i mean we just had i mean it was unreal I mean, our uh,
0: our our detail mafia guys did great, and uh, every single one of them, and uh, it's it's really cool um, to watch them step up and be able to share some incredible knowledge with everybody else.
1: Print, you know, I was taking notes with what you know, all of them. I mean, it's just it, it's unreal. Then we had one more day as we stayed around, and uh, um, yourself, uh, Oscar, Jimmy, myself, and then we went to William Lars' place down in Miami, and we hosted a. Um, a, a coffee, coatings, and profits event on on Monday morning there, and then we we headed home. And so and I slept a lot uh, yesterday. I really got some good rest and tried to take a rest on this voice. What time uh, What
0: time did you end up rolling through the door on Friday night or Saturday uh, about morning? About
1: one forty-five in the morning. So exactly twenty-two hours and thirty minutes after I woke up that day. So it was a long gotcha. day. The roads weren't. The roads were bad. There was nobody on them and uh, just slow go, but it wasn't bad at all. I didn't slide once and we had a storm come through, had snow in a couple spots, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Literally, it didn't pass anybody, so I just cranked up some music and took my time. But I, I want to tell you the highlight. We went and had um, traditional, I guess, one of Miami's top rated uh, Cuban food restaurants on Monday before we went to the airport. Holy crap. Um, man, William, if you're on, give, give give us the name of that place because it, it's worthy of a shout out if you're ever there. Uh Cuban Sandwich hung off the plate, all of us. Um, oh, yeah. We, we sent Oscar and Jimmy and, and and William home with a lot of leftovers. I think
0: um, I think each each plate was good for three people.
1: Oh exactly. And so it's uh, uh Gordon McCall, I see Nashville at the moment. Oh wow, hey Gordon. That's awesome. Hey, we're looking, there's a little town. If you're back there, we love, we love uh, Tennessee called Jamestown, uh, Tennessee. It's a pretty amazing town. There's a lot of cool roads. So Gordon, oh man, I almost get nervous when he's on, you know, your heart starts pounding. He's just such a legendary guy, (laughs) but go back and check out uh, 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 Jamestown, uh, Tennessee. Gordon, when you're back there, let me know what you think. Uh, It's not too close where you can, swing over by there but just look it up tell me what you think pretty cool spot looking at maybe investment property there so anyway so well, the highlight for the entire week for me was seeing chris woolman drink cuban coffee and then the after effects when we got to the airport he's sitting there and he's looking at me and he's kind of looks a little flush he's going whoo man i don't know if i should have drank that or not i mean he was <laughs> going i told him I told him, I said, you're going to have everything done for the entire week by the time we land in Denver. So, uh, well, I'm no,
0: uh, you know, I'm no slouch when it comes to caffeine, but uh but I could I could feel my heart going when we were sitting there waiting to get on the plane.
1: Yeah, you so. lit you up. You were going pretty good, so it was awesome. I'm, I'm glad you just partook. You know, you took a look at it. So, yeah, exactly. Jason Bruno says shit's like speed. You know, it's just like, yeah, he was eating pretty good, man. And it was funny well, it was because. It was coming on you could see the wave hit him and then he was just like hey it hey, hey. he was multitasking like crazy and you know i said I only, I
0: only drank half the cup
1: yeah and you know they're that big but oh man Ooh. oh man it's good it's good i i've got a way of making Cuban coffee here but i just don't do it too often since the machine came in but i love good Cuban coffee that was pretty cool so so hey let's let's roll into this so many great memories uh probably the most Probably the most um, uh, last week was a special week because I saw a new generation of of what I call super pros coming up into um, into light. Um, And and I could see them start to take and really get that they need to step up and and help take this industry uh, to the next level. And uh, boy, are they stepping up. You know, it's just really, really cool to see them uh, in there. And so, I saw a mind shift change. We're going to talk about my mindsets that will change your business and your life. And we're going to talk about exactly that. And I talked about it a little bit in my keynote last week. But we're going to dive into it on a mini scale of that. And, you know, we all come into business with a, with varied realities. You know, when, when both, it's funny because both times I, I had my first launch into detailing was a kid towing around, you know, first off, just going out to the airport and then Towing around a little, you know, a, a little wagon with my stuff in it. Um, it. I won't say it was off of survival because, you know, my mom and grandma I mean, we didn't have much, but I didn't have a whole lot. of My basic needs were covered. You know, we didn't have the best food, we didn't have the best situation, but my basic needs were covered. But I wanted something. Brian Crosby taught me is more. You know, I was a kid that was hungry for stuff, knowledge, mainly. I really I, I, to do a, a dead end job just wasn't of interest to in me back then. I wanted something that was going to take and fill my mind up with knowledge uh, and experiences. And so detailing, I launched into that. When I launched back into it in 98, it was back into, um, almost like a survival mode because of what we'd gone through. And so both times, my mindset was kind of what I think a lot of people get into detailing for, and that's kind of survival or a way to just kind of make it, make it it ends meet. And, and, and then now we've got a lot of people are coming in for passion. They've got it as a side gig and are working it into their full-time gig. Um, is the, the, the best thing that you can do is face your realities right off the bat. You know, look at your realities and start looking at those realities as a way to build up your dreams and your goals. And I say dreams so, so so many times, entrepreneurs switch their, their dreams for goals. And I think that's a big mistake because I think personally and, and professionally, what I've seen is, is training a lot of entrepreneurs and working with them through that. It seems like, I, and, and I don't want this, this is a double-edged sword, it seems like once somebody gives up their dreams and just goes to goal base, is that I think it kind of stuns their growth a little bit, and I think it shifts them, and I think that their 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 goals become so big that they f- forget about their dreams. Now you have to have goals to make your dreams happen, but I think those dreams have to stay bigger. And you know you got to remember, man. A lot of people just think this life's going to go on and this chapter you're in is going to go on forever. Each chapter is pretty short. And so you've got to be able to take and live your dreams out while you're building those goals into place and, and making them happen. Uh, so many people go into business with all the right reasons man. they have all the right reasons only to find out just how hard it is and that those reasons were the wrong reasons and the wrong realities. Now, the reasons some, some, some can sometimes be right. Mine was simple is that I saw when I really launched back into it in 98, is that detailing was a, there was a very small pocket of people really making it happen across the entire globe. And so I had a two-part reason is I wanted to take it, A, survive and get some coinage in my pocket to feed my kids. And B, I wanted that to take and allow to build on my goals and do something with this thing this time. But I didn't want it as just a singular opportunity. I wanted it as one source of income. We'll also get into that in a little bit. So ninety eight again. My reentry into it was barely making it. Was the highest goal. Most people in the industry, that was pretty much it. As long as they're paying the lease on their shop, or they're paying their van, their van uh, loan amount, and they kept they they kept a the roof over their head, it was it was kind of that was kind of the norm. You're kind of lucky just to do that because it was such a transitional uh, uh, situation where it was like a homeless encampment is people would come and go constantly out of this industry because the turnover was so high. A handful of operators were really making a respectful living, even a smaller amount uh, of handful worldwide. This is talking worldwide became wealthy. Wealthy was practically unheard of within our ranks, unheard of. But yet there was still a handful of people making it happen. My goal, I don't
0: I don't think I ever made the uh, the connection before, but you came back to the industry in 98. And ninety eight is when I got introduced to the industry. Wow! You know that, that's that's the same year that I was in uh, I was in college, and uh, I went to work for a detail shop going through college.
1: Probably that well, was you know everything for a purpose. Ninety eight was a big year for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. That's a whole another you know podcast right there. But that's kind of cool. I didn't I didn't know that. That's kind of seeing another tie in. So just think if you would have had Cuban coffee in your blood back then, you know what you could have done. <laughs> That's the really we can end the podcast now. My 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 claim, my secret formula is Cuban coffee then. <laughs> uh, so, no, it was really, um, you know, my my goal back in 98 was multiple streams of income and detailing just being one of them. And and again, I call these stepping stones. Um, you know, a lot of times we, we really sorry, guys, I'm still getting over this tank, cold, flu, whatever it was. Um, a lot of times we're, we're a product of our own realities We're a product of our environment. You know, it's, my tribe was my mom and my grandma and um, their tribal knowledge within business wasn't very, you know, it, it's, it scared them. So I was every time I went into a new little venture when I was a kid, my grandma thought I was crazy, you know, is that she, she's thought going to get a job and it spending 30 years doing that it was kind of the way to go. And I'll never forget. Um, when I started making things happen, they were, they were really shocked. And it wasn't that they didn't believe in me. It was just that their knowledge base, their, their comfort level told them that you had to go get and Somebody else had to put you in that position for you to be successful. They just didn't understand of doing it solo. And so that tri- tribal knowledge was really difficult for me because, um, I had a scared family that was you know scared for my for my well-being and they just didn't understand it you know um the other thing that's really is people to understand you know about entrepreneurship is this shit's hard and it doesn't get any easier and that's why a lot of it doesn't matter what industry or what business so many people fail is that they think well your first year it's you know that's your hard year in reality a lot of us were talking you know Mark Johnson, Jim Gogan, and I were talking this last weekend, and we we're part of that original club going back to 06 at Mobile Tech, 2006. And um, we, we'd we all gone in previous years. We just didn't meet. We didn't, you know, we were there for classes. They didn't introduce people back then. There was there was a lot of different, different uh, kind of um, systems and processes, so we just didn't meet in the very, very first years. But so many people fail and it's so hard and it doesn't get easier. Hopefully what happens is if you, if you hold the line and you, you don't back off, is that you start getting wiser and smarter and you start learning how to uh, handle these hardships, compartmentizing them and not taking them home and, and losing that stress level over those things. But so many times the money factor is just so much. People just, they have this raw idea that after the first year or two, you know, after their freshman year, your freshman year can last five to seven years. And that's if you're pretty wise. Now, some people cut it down and they'll do really good. But then I see this, and this is really worris- worrisome right now with what's going on is we've had a pretty easy go of it, not to de- not to devalue people that have started in the last eight, 10 years. It hasn't been a bad or hard time to start a business. And I'm afraid that some of those early, those those people that really had huge successes in year you know one, two or three, I think when some of these hardships starts hitting them, how are they going to? My concern is hopefully they've kind of figured it out. They're a lot uh, smarter than the previous generations. A lot of them banked off of us to hear this, but how are they going to handle those hardships? Will they handle those hardships? And so that that's a big concern across not just in our industry, but in all service industries. And we're starting to see that already play out as a lot of companies are really having problems retaining people. They're really having problems with culture. Um, there's just a lot of things that are, are, on, are on the radar for me that I'm watching to see how it plays out and to see if we have entered a new era where um, this generation coming up right now has got it figured out a little better with the combination of the amount of education that's out there and then also with, with uh, direct and instant access to information with social media. Has that made an impact? I think it definitely has, but we'll see how it plays out over the long haul. So the other thing is passion. Now we're at a junction where people came into our industries or a lot of service businesses as either it was a survival um, or they loved whatever it was. Maybe uh, maybe it was they're their building computers and they love computers. And so they're servicing computers. It was know-how. And so they did that with a need. They needed a side gig to make more money to make their mortgage. In um, and, and this instance, it was the love of cars, and then the, the, the need in airplanes, and the need to make money that that drove me into it. But really, um, now we've got this whole generation of it's entrepreneurial. It's uh, it's entrepreneurs coming into this from a business standpoint, and they really don't have any true passion. I've had more and more people tell me they're they like cars, but they're not car people. Here's my my my. Um, My take on that is that a true entrepreneur will always make it work. Doesn't really matter to to some of these because I've seen it happen before my eyes the last few years is they're just going to make it work. But somebody that's got a real true passion base and that is an entrepreneur is, boy, I'll tell you what, they're going to take it to a new level. And that's really where my story came into play is that I built myself into I already had the passion for anything with wheels, it doesn't matter if it's got an engine wheels, I like it doesn't have an engine, anything that rolls or flies, or hovers, um, I'm gonna absolutely love it. So I had to build up the entrepreneurial side. That's why I've always gravitated towards automotive based businesses is that that passion for automotive and aircraft kind of pushes it. Now I went different directions in that but that original success It it really it really took and amplified where I was because again it was passion based, but I had a lot of I started to build up a lot of uh, entrepreneurial based skill sets and knowledge. So now this is the big one stepping stones. People a lot of times right now they want that instant success. They are like Facebook or Instagram. It's not a delayed uh, uh, reaction or action, is they want it now. And I'm going to tell you. Is that there's a danger in taking in over na- overgrowing the natural pace? I talked about this weekend, this topic a lot this last weekend. It's a very dangerous thing to overstep. That there's a there's a pace that you want to go at, and you know you've got to be able to have your your receivables, you know you've got to have your 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 profit loss, you got to have your bank, you got to have everything in place that will handle that type of growth, and that takes time. You've also got to have the relationships in place. You have to have your savings in place. And so everything's got to be kind of at that same level or it, it, it just doesn't work. Now, here's what we did is that originally, and I've got my original business plan from back in 98 is that I wanted to take and to get into different aspects of the automotive service businesses. But I also saw we wanted to go into you know naturally detailing cars, aircraft, um, watercraft, all these different things but we started out with what we knew at that time. We knew aircraft like, like you wouldn't believe. We were super knowledgeable on the aircraft side of things, and we knew cars really well. So the, the watercraft was something that I grew into a little slower as I got my knowledge base there, as I filled my brain up with knowledge on boats. Didn't have a lot of information on boats, so I had to build that up. The other thing that happened is that once we started getting full service circle going, where we did have the watercraft involved with the jets, with, with all of them there, With the uh, with the automotive, shoot, we were even, um, you know, where we were in Sun Valley, Idaho, a pretty wealthy area. We we started detailing and maintaining um, sculptures and works of art that were yard yard art. Um, It was unbelievable. I'd get thousands of dollars to go out. I called them, God, the customer kill me. But there's these big red spears, these big these big beams. And I called them the red French fries. It looked like a big stack of French fries that this giant had turned upside down and kind of threw into the ground and they stuck. But this thing cost hundreds of thousands of dollars by this artist. And so we go out every year and, and polish them up, take all the water spotting off of them and then put protection down. It was really big. So we we talked them it twice a year. and It was quite the project. It was a lot of money, a lot of time. That kind of skill set, those stepping stones. You had to get your knowledge base caught up. Boy, could you imagine if we would have screwed those up? How much would the artist charged us to come back out and fix that? I can't imagine. Our insurance company sure didn't like it, but we convinced them to cover it. Um, So seasoned entrepreneurship is a real thing. Now, once we got that, that that our patterns down and we felt really comfortable with what we were doing, our core income was there. We're putting money away. We're well vested. We were we were we were the leader uh, within our, our sector, within our niche, within our markets. Once that got done, now we started looking at new bigger opportunities that we could grow into. And again, some of those opportunities, several of them were outside of what we were doing in new industries that had nothing to do with the industry we're in. We've still got stuff like that going right now. Look, I got a meeting at 1130 today on exactly that, a a new opportunity. So it's pretty exciting because 2023, one new business for sure. You guys will learn about that probably in about July. And then this other new one, we could actually have it up and running before that. Chris doesn't even have all the details of it yet. But today I'm going to I'm going to a meeting with Mike, uh, Chris, and we're going to sit down. We're going to we're going to mind map this out between the two of us. And this is, could be something that we jump into in the next coming months. Pretty exciting times. With that though, part of that's always been, is that we develop a natural growth strategy. And again, that is something to where we don't overcommit to it and it doesn't rob the opportunity from further opportunity and growth because we went too fast uh, too soon. And so that's a really, really um, uh, exciting thing. Now, what's this got to do with mindset? You've got to control all these things. Is that a true entrepreneur or make it work? But if it's passion based, it's going to work a little better. Now, if it's passion based, you're also going you know, to the bad side of that is you gotta gotta listen to that entrepreneur little devil up on your shoulder or angel, and then the passion devil on on your left shoulder. The reason why is the entrepreneur side of yours should always be the balanced person. That should should be who calls the shots. The passion side of me, that little devil up here can talk himself into doing anything because it's a great idea and I got so much passion towards it. And so you gotta look at that. Um, The original success, is that you've got to look at your original success and remember, have the discipline to remember who you are and what you are, what your tribal knowledge is and has that tribal knowledge grown into real world knowledge that will allow you to go to where you're going. Stepping stones you've got to be able to take. And really your mindset is don't slow yourself down, but don't look for stepping stones or other opportunities until the time is right. And you're the only one that can tell it. But, I you know, I look at people I just looked at a situation this weekend and I'm looking at somebody taking a stepping stone and I'm going, man, the warning flag's coming up. But there's no way you could tell that person that because you can see they're so wrapped around the axle on it that I would have lost a friend had I shared my opinion. Um, I value the friendship. Over time, I'll share my opinion. Hopefully we'll make a difference. We'll see what happens. New, bigger opportunities. That's going to happen. Don't let the passion side of you be too scared. That's when you look over here to the entrepreneur, that little entrepreneur angel and talk to that angel a little bit. So many of us, an opportunity comes up and we get a little fearful is that, ooh, it's outside of my my realm of reality. It's outside of my tribal knowledge. We'll grow that tribal knowledge, grow that 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 reality circle. Don't be afraid of it. And then again, both of those are always, always your 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 mindset is natural growth. Now, discipline. Let's talk about discipline and what setbacks and what, what 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 takes people further and what takes and sets people back. Your thoughts. Your thoughts, I'll, I'll tell you is that Chris has known this is that we had a, a rocky last quarter of 2020. 2022 was not the greatest year of my life. We had some great things happen. We had some real struggles, personal struggles, family struggles, business struggles. We had a lot of uh, relationship struggles, a lot of people bringing in a culture that just wasn't natural to me, that threw me completely off my game, really, for through Chris off his game, threw uh, many of us off our game for really 18 months, but it just kept accelerating. And so what you enter is thoughts. Now, I had somebody tell me this in the early days of this pattern, that you got to cut cancer out of your life. Bad, bad people that don't align, don't build people that don't align. Don't assist people that don't align. Destroy, and I wish I would have taken and spoken my mind more often with clarity in an earlier stage. Um, I wanted to try to make the best out of it. I wanted to try to make it work, but it was evident I knew it wasn't going to, and I should have gone with my, my with my gut. I should have just gone with it. So your discipline on your own thoughts. Now a successful person. Is glass half full. Matter of fact, that's my trigger this whole year. Anytime I let any negative thoughts into my mind, I say glass half full. That tells me, Renny, reset yourself. Don't go there. And I'm going to tell you this: we are we are thirty. We we are the first month into a new year, and that one trigger point, that one way of correcting myself, has worked miracles in my attitude and in my thoughts. And so, having a, a trigger. A lot of people if you know anything about uh ptsd is there's triggers that will set people off that have got ptsd negative things well this is the opposite i have a trigger that will set me off to to positive things that will take negatives and turn them into positive instantly and it's working unbelievable i feel i feel remarkably well i've still got some time uh in the saddle so to say to get myself back to where i was matter of fact i'm not going to even go to where i was i'm going to go past i'm going to be a better man through what I've learned from this, again, go back. Remember our tribal knowledge. My tribal knowledge on culture uh, is really strong now. It is I never figured that this, this at this point in my career, that I would have that lesson learned, and boy, it was it a valuable lesson. Won't happen again. So I took my entrepreneur side on this side, my passion side, my passion for people. Um, that little devil spoke to me way too much. I should have listened to this and cut bait when I could have. The next discipline that you gotta take is your health. I'm really guilty of this right now. That last quarter, I can use it as an excuse. I I, 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 I took and just, I didn't, I, I didn't train like I normally did. I didn't eat like I normally do. Uh, a lot of things happen. Your health, taking care of your body, going to the gym. We just had, you know, a, a gentleman, a friend of ours, share that he threw his back out. You know, training on a regular basis, stretching on a regular basis, walking on a regular basis, getting out, uh, your mental health, again, thoughts, what goes into here. All of that is so important, and you've got to have the discipline to not accept any of the junk. You can't put stinking thinking into those patterns. So your health is really, really, really huge. And then lastly, there's a lot of things I could talk about today, but I'm going to jump into this for a second, is your expectations. Is, this is a really tough one because I've, I've got is that if my kids or if my closest people ever thought that I had ex, too high of expectations, for them, you should jump into my mind and find out what my expectations are for myself. So the first thing is I do have high expectations and I've often heard the last several years, you can never, you can never expect somebody to have to to fulfill the expectations you have for yourself. And I I don't agree with that at all, man, because my expectations of myself now haven't always been, but now are, are pretty reality-based and it's, it's pretty common sense. And so I have those same expectations for people around me. Some people might not like that, but that's just I've I have figured out me. And if I lower those expectations, well, then mentally those thoughts, I'm resentful because I'm expecting this of myself. I think that everybody around me really should meet that energy. Now, maybe they don't know what that energy is. Maybe it's my bad if they don't know what those expectations are. There's the the side that the caveat to that is that you've got to take and share what your expectations are around those. It's not fair to hold them to expectations when they don't know what those expectations are. So to have team meetings, even with your spouse, your loved ones, your kids, definitely your team at work, but even yourself, mind map those expectations out. What drives me nuts? And then share that with the people around you. There's nothing, if they don't know these little things drive you nuts, is that if you're around Diane, she can't stand to have her face touched. And it's funny because I've never seen anybody that didn't, you know, I've never known anybody that didn't like to have their face touched. Well, now I'm hypersensitive to it because I know that when it happens, you know, she wants to she wants to Edward Scissorhand, the person to cut their hands off. Right. And so I pay attention to it. And and so I've told Diane, hey, you've got to tell people, close friends. You don't like to have your face touched. You don't like to have facial. You're not into that. It's not your thing. It's an expectation. You've got to teach people this expectation. And so moving on right now through there, through discipline, you've got to pay yourself. Now, when I say that, most people think you've got to pay yourself by compensation of financial rewards. That's part of it. What you need to take and pay yourself with is a good quality life. You've got to pay yourself with a good schedule. Why ask yourself this? If, if a past boss or a past company you worked for had the expectations of, of, of your work schedule right now, would you have kept that job? And most people would say, no, there's no way I keep a job with the expectation. Now, if you're putting those expectations on yourself and working for somebody else and they're not doing it, that's your bad. You've got to set that expectation. But the, the thing that you want to do is you want to pay yourself. You want to pay yourself with some self-time. You want to pay yourself with some self-discipline. You want to pay yourself with self-education reading all these different things you want to pay yourself financially you want to be able to reach your goals of what you want to make listen if you're going backwards or you're staying in the same place deep down you might tell yourself hey man I'm working on I've got a plan I got a plan I can plan but you better be really good at showing yourself so because in your psyche is that when you're not going anywhere or you're moving backwards is your burner out rates going to be tremendous and so when you pay yourself you want to pay yourself not just financially but a vacation and that vacation, everybody says vacation. You think expense. It could be out camping in the woods. Doesn't cost much. Matter of fact, I could go camping today and it would cost me pennies, absolute pennies. And so don't tell me you can't take pennies a day. Don't tell me you can't take a vacation, that you can't afford a vacation or you can't afford to take the time away from your company. Is that if that's the case, I'm going to take and tell you to rethink of making this a side gig until you can afford to do it the right way. I did it. Am I preaching? Oh, it's easy for you to say. It. No, this was a side gig. This was detailing was a side gig. All my businesses were a side gig until it could run itself like a real business. And part of that was me stepping away from the business, walking away from it and it not having any problems. Yeah, I might have to shut my shop down, not have any income in, but if I had been putting money away enough, a lot of people, we just witnessed that down at Mobile Tech. A lot of people had to shut their businesses down, but they had taken and put money away so they could afford to go pay themselves with good thoughts, good health, good expectations, good knowledge and expanding the tribal base. So part of that paying yourself, too, is realizing this. This is a big one. And I based my whole life off of this, even though I've got the money to pretty much go out. You know, I'm not going to go out and buy, you know, a house on Maui for, you know, twenty eight million dollars. I don't want to say that. But here's the thing is realizing what, what are wants versus what are needs. And so still to this day, I practice that. I might, I might want that. I might, I might be able to afford that. But is it needed and will it take away from what I'm working on and the current business opportunity I'm working on? Could I put that money in that opportunity on that want and wait on that want and maybe upgrade uh, the, the Porsche 911S to a turbo or gt3 if if i did it right is that that's a want versus a needs and so you've got i every time i even even a small item i've so trained myself to do this is this is 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 this a one or a need and even if i'm buying something for you know the horses or something like that do we need this or do we want this and and what it's done is keep me from making really foolish mistakes financially in a long time long time i still do it i still look at stuff and I said man if you guys ever if you ever had a buyer's remorse i look at it and the reality is especially at cars i'll get something i'll want something man i wanted my wrx um i just i've always wanted a wrx sti i thought it was a great car for business went and got it and that was so unsatisfying it was it was it was a want and i really didn't look at it i wanted to fulfill that want but now that also again, tribal knowledge is now I know that, and I've I've practiced that. The younger that you can be at realizing be, and, and and be a lightning rod of reality, the better off you're going to be. Is learn that habit or learn that 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 talent at a very young age of identifying wants versus needs, and your whole life you might get to a point to where, man, I can go buy that. Still practice that wants versus needs. Is it's going to keep you humble and it's going to keep you from making dumb um, mistakes based on off of ego or based off of just flexing whatever you want to call it
0: you should have just went straight for the 911 i should have just went
1: straight for the 911 you know <laughs> and even now is that we had a great relationship with porsche and we had some amazing porsches i was thinking last night of how many cool cars i've driven and had in my garage in the last 18 months some really cool cars. And right now we've went because the economy is that, again, I had over, over, over a quarter of a meeting with my CPA and our our, our bookkeepers is I went down my, my my list of wants and I went down my list of needs and uh, some of the fancy cars uh, went away is because I want to make sure that, A, I've got pressure on me is not only to get through this, any kind of economic slowdown with strength, I've got all eyes on me. And if I don't grow through an economic slowdown, people are gonna judge that. And so I wanted to make sure that I was cutting fat off that I didn't need as not just a way to protect myself, but also a message saying that, hey, look at, I practice what I preach and that's exactly what we did. But you're right, should have gone with that 911. I'm sure Gordon would agree too. I love his car. So soul deep appreciation is, you know, I match energy, man. I match energy is so many times. I'm a guy that I really do try to show appreciation. I really do. And sometimes I'm not perfect at it. None of us are, but you know, the second that I don't feel it coming back and I show it, it's kind of the three strikes in baseball is I'll show appreciation, nothing back. I'll show appreciation, nothing back. I'm going to give it one last team effort, show appreciation, nothing back. I'm done. I'm going to be nice to you, but I'm not going to suck up to you anymore. And, 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 and is it, should I keep going? Part of me says, yeah, but I wear out on on that emotion. If, 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 if somebody's, if, if somebody's not going to match that, I'm just done. even a customer is if that, if, if it's, if it's in my mind a little bit and they're kind of perturbing me, if you're, if, when I was at a point to cut them, I raised the price. I'd either make them pay for the trouble it was to deal with them or I'd have them go away. And it's just that. But I want to tell you, most appreciation that I give out is matched. And I love that. And, you know, I just, William Lara sent me the nicest, we went to his event on Friday at a shop. He sent me the nicest text message and just the appreciation. And I showed it back. I appreciate everything he does, how hard he works, how good of a friend he is, you know, how little drama he offers up in my life, all these different things. Um, I had people coming up to me after the keynote and tell me things they appreciate and I, t- I try to always tell them man I really appreciate that and the feedback's really good because I know what I can work on right and so that 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 soul deep appreciation has gotten me a lot of places in life and I think it's an important part and it's got to be heartfelt and it's got to be real but on the other on the other side of that man um I've learned that allowing yourself to get kicked in the teeth uh, and not have somebody take and match that that's also that's that that's bad for me getting that that energy back I don't it doesn't sit well with me so you got to cut it out of your life um, next up on this is really a a a market outlook a niche outlook if you would is that you know we went into again we went into business having two niches I love to have a niche in my in my marketplace now I've heard this is it niche or niche Chris you're you're we got to ask her we got to ask no, her, no. She's a teacher.
0: Don't, don't ask me on this one. All, all I can confirm is that it's Porsche, not Porsche.
1: It's, it's Porsche, not Porsche. Porsche <laughs> is what you sit on and have a cigar. It's a porch. Uh, <laughs> just saying it weird. But your market outlook is your niche. We'll call it a niche for now. Is, is that we didn't have a single service outlook on our business because we had a lot of experience within the automotive world and within the corporate jet and, and the general aviation market. So we didn't have a single, but we didn't have a lot of experience in watercraft. I mentioned that earlier. We also didn't have any experience with going out and doing these, these sculptures. Now, I did have a little oops in a sculpture side of things. I'm gonna share that story with you on how I handled it. So we had these copper um, sculptures that Randy Randall, he's no longer with us, he passed away. <coughs> but Randy was really good friends with um, with an actor named Bruce Willis. Um, they hung out a lot. He introduced me to Bruce Willis. He was a great guy. They're having a fundraiser for something that Bruce really backed up. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they Randy wanted all these sculptures from the sa- famous artist that was gonna be there. Um, he wanted them done up because the artist wanted to show his sculptures right. So we had the French fries in the ground. Um, we had some several um, copper uh, and bronze. We had all these, so I went to the artist and I said, look at what do we use to clean? And I took pictures and emailed them to the pictures of the sculptures. There's only three that I had no idea what to use on them. And I definitely didn't want to touch these things because I know these things were you know, dollars $200,000 each. And so this, the, the artist sent me back explicit. He goes, on these three, you do the same thing. And he laid me out the exact formula of what to use to clean them. And that's all we were doing is a really good deep clean. Brushes out, steamer, the whole bit. He verified steamer would be fine. So we went through, we hit the first one. It looked great. When we were done, it was it was great. His, his combination of products to use was perfect. We hit the second one. It was great. The patina of the aged copper was still there and everything else. Well, we hit the third one, and it went from an aged, it looked like it was, you know, a thousand years old, to where it was a brand new shiny penny. The copper on it, just, I, I, I didn't know what to do. We could literally see the top treatment just rinse off of it as we hit it with water. And I freaked out. So I called i called the artist and I said, uh, we got a problem. That third one just turned to a copper penny and it went, oh my God, I sent you the wrong instructions on that one. And so I was like, well, what do you want us to do? So he wasn't in town yet, so what we ended up doing is we decided to just make it pure, pure glossy. So we polished it out. So um, Randy was a little upset at me. He was really mad, started screaming at me, and I told him, you know, I let him scream, and I told him the story of you know the artist giving me the instructions, and then openly admitting that he'd give me the wrong instructions on that one, that it was a different, it was a different surface, and all this stuff. So long story short, they calm down. They get there. Well, the artist, as part of this fundraiser, was giving part of the proceeds of each one of these. He was selling six of each one of those three off. It was a real limited collection, that was all he's got to make. Guess what one he sold out at first?
0: The shiny one.
1: The shiny one. The shiny one. <laughs> so something happened for a purpose. But, you know, we had to go back and, you know, that was outside of our wheelhouse. Could you imagine if we wouldn't have gone for instructions? That would have been really bad. We could have ruined all of them. Um, yeah. So your market outlook is single service. A lot of us come into the automotive side, the aircraft side, the boat side, the coding side, the bank correction side. But there's a lot of other services. Again, seven seven streams of income. I want seven different sources of income in my life. And now with shops, you can actually have that seven source of income right there in one shop. It's it's an incredible time. Is, you can add on all kinds of things. Also, not just the add-on opportunities, but what are people going to hit you, you with? They're going to see you being successful. People are going to bring you opportunities. And I'm going to wrap this up here in just a second. Um, I'll take and um, let's do another podcast. I don't want to share this one. This is a really good story about the mad scientist at Oshkosh, the biggest air show in the world, and how I mistreated a relationship and really screwed up an opportunity. We'll go into that at a later time. So you, all these new opportunities, you got to take, don't turn them away. Just because they're not in your wheelhouse doesn't mean they can't be in your wheelhouse. So input is really huge too. And that's going to help you with some of these opportunities is that the circles that you 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 partake in is, listen, I've got some childhood friends I stay really close to. We grew up kind of in an interesting area and um, we we all have built our interesting stories. But some of my friends I had to part with, they were into things that were destructive towards life, definitely the life I wanted to build. And so I was really protective of my circles. Also, I've been invited into some circles I didn't necessarily think I belonged to, but people saw things. Well, Randy Randall, I just shared that, is I got, this guy's a multi, multi, you know, millionaire, probably close to a billionaire. Um, And here's Bruce Willis. He introduces me to, at that time, uh, this guy was, there was no bigger movie star in the world than Bruce Willis. And here I am uh, trading cell numbers with Bruce Willis. Uh, that was a weird circle to be in. But you know what, I became comfortable in it. And so you're gonna get your circles, aren't gonna get bigger, they're gonna get smaller, but there's gonna be more of them is my take on this, is that you're gonna be invited to circles and they're really small circles and you better honor, you better honor those circles. There's things you can't say, and, and I know I'm loose lipped and I come off. Listen, I know how to act appropriate when I get into the right circles is that you'll see uh there's there's seven shades of gray with me and i'll 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 become a chameleon very quickly i know when to wear a suit i know when to wear the cap i when i know when to not to and that's really important books chris bought me a great book um i'm reading it it's fantastic i'm back on the habit of trying to trying to no not trying wrong wrong input remember your thoughts i'm back to the, the habit of reading two books a month and i absolutely love it Podcasts, a lot of good information out there. Uh, forums, ooh, this is the unknown. This is the wild, wild west. There's no face behind that. And so I'm really careful of the knowledge that I get out of forums. If I get a little tidbit of information, I go research it right away. Uh, there's knowns and unknowns. Um, there's theories versus realities. There's a lot of good information out there. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of fakes playing office in the world right now. Uh, we have some of them in Washington, D.C., uh, that got elected. It's amazing, um, but that they the, all these all these all these factors, even these fakes, are playing into the right right or wrong mindset, and they stimulate growth. And so you got to be careful and protective, but you've got to go out and get a lot of input uh, your entire life. Never stop getting input um, because that factors into your your successes now and your future successes later. And really people look at it this way. I'm going to end it with this is that I've often heard people kind of compare life to a book is that you've got different chapters. Um, And I agree. Most people do is their life is going to be a book, not mine. Mine's going to be a library. I'm filling it with books where other people have chapters. When I'm done with this journey, you're going to take it. Unfortunately, I'm trying to share as much of information about my life, my journeys as I can, because once I go, once anybody passes and they're on to the next glorious thing, is that that library is pretty much burned down unless you share your knowledge with others. And so I have no, no, n- no goal to build one book as I want my life to be an entire library. And I'm I'm still The nice thing is at 56 years old is I'm filling that library up at a much more rapid pace than I did in the last five years, the last 10 years. I put more into that library in the last 10 years than I did the first 46 years of my life combined. I imagine that the next 10 years, I'm gonna put more into it than I did the 10 years I'm bragging about right now is that get out there. People are the center of that. The people you meet, the people you engage with, the people that you call friends and associates and colleagues, that's all f- part of it. So this is my challenge to you. Think better, not bigger. So many people think of going big. Think about going better. and You're going to have a lot of successes in life. All right, Chris. So we've got an exciting time. We're going to start announcing these things a little further. We're going to mix them up a little bit. Got some amazing guests coming on. A lot of good information coming on um and so i'm really excited any closing comments from you and and i want to say this before you do that thank you all for partaking also good friend of mine uni uni carlos big part of this industry really close friends of mine uni's mom uh is is going through a life challenge right now if you wouldn't mind keeping her in your prayers we sure appreciate it for those that are prayer warriors believe in prayer just say a little prayer for uni's mom the family could use it right now and we definitely want all the good to come out of this, and what she's going through. So, keeping your prayers. But uh, thank you all for attending this these podcasts. It means the world to me. I know we're not. I don't want to be popular. Uh, I want to make an impact. And so, Chris, with that, any closing comments?
0: I don't got too much. You know, I got a I got a busy day of catching up ahead of me. So, uh, you know, it's uh, did didn't didn't look at too much yesterday after getting back.
1: No, I didn't either. So we, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go down and meet with Mike today. It's exciting to, to meet with my buddy, a childhood friend again. Somebody I've kept in my circles. We're about ready to take and uh, build a couple more circles and bring some people into it. It's gonna be a fun time. So hey, everybody, thank you. Um, yeah, Nathan, you bet, man. Um, uh, you have an appointment. You got an appointment with your CPA. I'll tell you i've got one i'm laying out an email to her telling the story of 2022 because last year i told the story that it saved me $23,000 in write-offs so she said hey rennie get busy storytelling um <laughs> and so it's not up to your cpa um to do your taxes it's up to you to tell the entire story of your year all the way down to the smallest detail so he or her understands that story so they can save you money and uh that's key so Chris, go have a good day. I'll catch up with you later. I'm going to go down and meet with Mike here. I'm going to get a workout in real quick. I got to leave here in about an hour uh, to go see him. Uh, right. I'll be available. So um, right. For those
0: for those of you real quick that weren't at MTE and didn't catch the keynote and stuff like that, I am going to be able to uh, put the audio out as a podcast, it looks like. So keep your eyes and ears open for that
1: one. Well, that's kind of cool. I'd love to get the, the video and kind of do some playing with that, too. So, yep. All right, guys. Well, hey, you guys have a blessed rest of the week, man. Be powerful. Go make a difference in somebody else's life. Watch those circles. And again, mindset, keep that right mindset. We'll talk to you next time. Take care, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Renny Doyle Podcast, brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues.